earlier on in the show, we used to feed people a lot more beer than uh, than even gotcha. we do now, and some and that would uh, that would that would make the episodes real interesting. Mm. Uh, my name is Rosemary. My social security number is. <laughs> can't think of anything really else to start this off other than saying hello everybody welcome once again to giving the mic to the wrong person i am your host jeremy uh we are joined once again by old friends and new on a cold rainy i don't know i guess we're in the evening in uh not so sunny portland oregon uh going around the table if everyone could introduce yourself to our viewing audience and just uh as the uh, as the line goes tell them where you're from i'll go uh my name's shannon schreckengost i am a member of the portland democratic socialists of america uh within the dsa i organize with our socialist feminist caucus as well as our mobilizer group i'm originally from whidbey island washington but i've lived in portland for about 10 years and i'm happy to be here um hello my name is Camille Whiteavian. I'm with the International Socialist Organization in Portland, Oregon, and I've lived in Portland for about 10 years. Um, I did invade from California. Uh, our Oregon listeners will know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm also involved with the Socialist Feminist Caucus. Hey, I'm Rosemary Dodd. I am a member of Socialist Alternative and also the Democratic Socialists of America. I moved here from good old Tennessee and about two years ago. Um, I do a lot of organizing around feminist issues, but also a lot of a variety of different issues like immigration and trans rights and universal health care. Excellent. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming out this evening to uh, record this fun thing. Uh, wanted to ho- wanted to do my little part for an upcoming event. This happening later, hopefully much later in this month, uh, if I can edit and post this thing in time. Happening going to be downtown. Would one of you, uh, because I don't trust myself to describe it properly, and I'm merely I'm just the vessel. I'm merely the host. Uh, let's start by talking about the event. Sure. Uh, Jump into it. Uh, if you, uh, could you start us off, please? Yeah, of course. So the hashtag MeToo Speak Out and Women's March is meant to take the MeToo movement that erupted all over the country last year and was started by um, Tarana Burke a, a long time ago, who's a black woman working with a lot of um, survivor, like black and brown young women survivors of sexual assault. Um, but it really picked up in the national con- uh, conversation with the Harvey Weinstein allegations and a lot of high-profile cases coming out, which also... Um, inspired a lot of like working class people to talk about workplace abuse and um, like uh, regular people to start talking about how prevalent sexual assault and harassment is, especially for women and um, gender minorities. And by gender minorities, I mean trans people, non-binary people. So last year uh, in Portland, Socialist Alternative saw an opening because there was not a women's march on the Saturday. Um, they had the Indigenous Women's March the next day. So on that day, we decided to host the uh, Me Too Speak Out in March. And it was really, it's supposed to be an open mic kind of situation where people who attend are able to sign up to speak and voice their stories, talk about their sexual assault experiences, their experiences with gen- like with harassment and oppression and the kind of responses they get when they try to come forward and get help with the abuse from friends, family, the state. Um, so it's kind of, it's supposed to be 
a way to raise the profile of the Me Too movement and also show that like we're stronger together when we actually come out um, and take it from an on- more of an online movement to uh, a movement in the streets and connect mm-hmm. personal pain and um, like you know kind of having this cathartic uh, joint experience to the need to build political movements because we know that the only way we're going to actually end rape culture is if we take further steps to eliminate the systemic um, the systemic reasons we have rape culture and other kinds of oppression. So I want to say that we are inviting all survivors of sexual assault and gender-based uh, oppression to come forward, whether um, you're male, female, non-binary, um, trans, etc. We want to extend a special invitation to people who um, really experience the brunt of oppression and gender-based um sorry, gender-based oppression uh, under our current system. So, you know, women of color, trans people, homeless people, or houseless people, excuse me. Yeah, so we want to make sure that people who traditionally don't have voices have voices here, especially because it really shows the need for all of us to unite to fight oppression, because we all experience, um, you know, we all experience pain and suffering uh, materially and emotionally under capitalism. And I want to make sure that everybody feels welcome coming out and speaking if you're a survivor of sexual assault or gender-based violence. And so after the Me Too speak out, when people have their chances to kind of talk about their experiences, we're going to have a march. Excellent. When, uh, so about right now, when is this scheduled to happen? This is going to happen on uh, January 19th. It's a Saturday at Mm -hmm. 10 a.m. We're planning on having the speak out probably go for a couple hours, and then we're going to have a march, and we're going to end that march at a um, counter-protest of some right-wing anti-abortion fanatics. Oh, boy. (laughs) To support that protest. Yeah, and that's organized by the Cascade Abortion Support Network. I think that's... I think that's the name. Yeah, I know what they're, they're called. Um, I know they're having a, they're having a sign making event coming yeah, up. Yeah, and so they're they're they have uh, organized a counter protest against just to pick up on what Rosemary was saying um, against pro lifers. Um, I prefer to call them forced birthers because yes. that's what they really are. They're not pro life at all. These are the same people who are for closed borders and probably throw away the water. Um, for people who are desperately trying to seek a better life. But yeah, that's a good... And also, just to give people a little bit of a background, um, originally there was supposed to be a women's march being organized pretty top-down um, in like a kind of nonprofit model sort of way. Capital N, capital but, P. Yeah, not not grassroots really at all though they they claim to be grassroots organizations and they use the word intersectionality over and over and over as if that somehow like erases their undemocratic approach to organizing anyhow um (laughs) after after a bunch of outcry from folks um criticizing their method and also that they were conflicting with um this other event the martin luther king um reclaim mlk mlk event organized by don't shoot portland um which is uh one of the is the black lives matter organization here in portland uh led by Teresa rayford um and she's planning on having children lead that march uh, and that's something that that the socialist feminist caucus didn't want to have to conflict with uh and so we're we're pleased that the the women's march portland whoever they are make yourselves 
known. Getting back to, we were talking about the, what was it, the organizing, was it the previous event or just kind of, or at least what was... I was talking about the previous event. Yeah. Kayla was talking about the current, the, the, current one, the okay. problem with the Women's March uh, yeah. organizers. And it, yeah, so it's odd too, they, um, they chose to do it on a day that was not in line with the National Women's March um, because they have decided to split, which is unclear. They're citing anti-Semitism and I... And I have, I do understand that there is legitimate claims of anti-Semitism about the national organization, but they're also being conflated with um, Linda Sarsour's position oh and boy. activist work around Palestine. Uh, and so th the Women's March in Portland needs to put forward a clarification around that um, because it is unclear. I've, I've scrolled through their event and pages a bunch of times and I cannot tell... Um, what exactly it is so they anyway the long story short is they chose to do it on the 20th which conflicted with the black lives matter don't shoot portland um event that's that's been organized um in portland for several years now uh and and then did finally uh back down from holding their event on that day and so in response uh we were going to organize a socialist fe feminist contingent and now we're organizing um, what we're hoping will be the Women's March event on January 19th, which is the date that the national organization is uh, calling for anyway. The city of Portland also uh, refused right. uh, requests to shift the event to the 19th under the claim that they have to reseed the lawn on the waterfront on the 19th, which I just think is ridiculous that they would not um, even seem to consider this request reasonably. And this is the request of a national organization with uh hundreds of thousands of women nationally backing it and portland would like to have this march on the same day as our national you know sisters and brothers who want to show yeah. up in the streets but we are not allowed to do that under the guise of this lawn situation which i also think is funny considering it seems like the local contingent of patriot prayer and the proud boys yeah. make mm -hmm. uh any ask to come to town and not only do they jump at that request but are really willing to throw hundreds of thousands of dollars of um budgetary money to to provide them protection and we can't assemble on the lawn on one day because they have to recede so thanks portland yeah. we're proud of you yeah i mean it's the fucking women's march like this is we had how many people showed up two years ago on the first one it would the the downs like a hundred thousand yeah, yeah it, was, it was huge i've never seen more people in portland yeah, it was, like, John Tech, yeah, it it was, was at a gridlock. Like people yeah, couldn't walk. Yeah, I just remember seeing the photos of it afterwards. It, it, was, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was, it, it was. There, the density was. It's, it, it, it wasn't a march. It was kind of. It became just a, a rally because uh, you know a march that doesn't. Where you, yeah, a mask. You know, a, a crowd or a, a, a march that you can't actually you know walk because you can't move. I guess just becomes a uh, a rally. Yeah, Oregon Live reports a hundred thousand people. So I mean, it was. 
huge. It absolutely was the largest gathering I've ever seen in my time in Portland. Uh, and I know those numbers are similar to what we saw elsewhere nationally. And so I think it's really unfortunate to see the divide um, from the local movement and the national movement and then to see uh, our city's attitude towards wanting to um, you know, make that possible. It is worth pointing out that a lot of, I think Chicago canceled their Women's March too. Was it Chicago? Um, this year, a lot of, this year or last year? This year. Okay. I think a lot of, um, we can, yeah, and I'm, I'm not positive about that, but one of, a major city cut the Women's March too, and it's looking like they are going to be a lot smaller this year, but I don't think it's a lack yeah. of anger because all of those people, uh, especially women, came out two years ago because they're, you know, facing, um, not just like interpersonal sexism, but they're facing um, like, you know, decreased wages. They're facing, um, you know, impossibly expensive childcare. They're sec- experiencing sexual harassment at work. Um, they're experiencing like racism and other kinds of bigotry, transphobia, all kinds of things. And they're really fucking mad about, you know, how difficult it is to just survive under this capitalist system. And then you see someone who is a professed uh, predator be elected into the white house so that was kind of like a you know lit the fire for people to come out and do this and i don't think people are any less angry lately but i do think it um is kind of a failure of the liberal leadership of a lot of these women's marches to like actually point a way forward that inspires people because it's like okay come out and march then you know go out and vote for democrats it's not hey come out and march and then let's hold like rallies falling up to actually argue for like things that impact real working and oppressed people like Medicare for all, like free childcare, like free abortion on demand, like, you know, all these things, which is why we created a list of demands that really, um, for our event that really like addresses a lot of the things that people are facing, like anti-immigration laws and police brutality and the lack of healthcare. So we're hoping that this kind of socialist feminist movement can not only give, um, like give expression to this anger, but also channel it into something that can really make uh, societal change by inspiring people to recognize their own power. Excellent. Uh, have the demands been like written completely, or is it still are those still being massaged? We voted on them last week, That's so true. we're going to call them a wrap. Yeah, yeah okay. there are lots of demands you could have, but totally. we 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 voted on eight okay. final demands that you mm-hmm. can see on our Facebook page. I was going to say, do you want to go into any of them now, or can I just say one more thing really quick about Certainly. so I. Um, I would, I hope that the people who are organizing the Women's March and the the organizations that are taking part in that um, join and open up their their process to be more democratic. Um, and that means, you know, publicizing when the meetings are and inviting people to join the process of organizing it instead of charging $10,000 for people to mm-hmm. speak. Um which is extremely, I mean, it's like exorbitant. And then it's also just going to limit the kind of diversity you can have from the front of the room because the people who have the most money, it should be obvious to everyone by now, are like white men. So why, you know, how is it going to make sense if you care about intersectionality and like women, women's issues? Why would, why would it make sense to have a $10,000 speaking fee, which it seems like they're backing away from that. But um, we invite them to to join us and invite and have us be a part of it and, and other people as well. 
Yeah, when the uh, Women's March was initially scheduled for the 20th, so we approached them about the Me Too Speak Out and just wanting to make it known that we kind of wanted to work um, in conjunction with them. Uh, we did ask if we could kind of nominate a speaker um, to uh, attend and speak at the main Women's March, and that's when we were pointed in the direction of their sponsorship information and we saw that to have a speaker we would have to spend ten thousand dollars and so yeah that's only going to result in those um, wealthy very likely to already be heard voices um, stepping up and so I think that's you know a really unfortunate to see it's gone in that direction and I actually think it's really sad to me to see that only in a matter of three years this is the third year of the women's march um, only in three years it took that short of a window for it to be completely devolve into a very corporatized and capitalist event in my opinion and I think it's especially interesting in light of a lot of the people speaking out and some of the backlash against the corporatization of pride mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, pride festivals nationally I think last year and the year before that are some of the the most I've heard people really stepping up post pride and being like what the hell why were we marching yeah. under a banner of like Alaska Airlines or whatever um, so to see people speaking out against that and then to see the women's march uh now like falling in step with that is just really disappointing to me yeah and we're not like you know when these like this kind of corporate feminism and this very like look we just need to like elect more women to be part of the oppressing class or we need more women ceos like a lot of the defense contractors have uh now women ceos and they're still you yeah. know obviously bombing people in the middle the east cia is say, almost ha- entirely run by women now. Haven't, yes. haven't you How heard intersectional yeah, say, haven't you heard right? the top was it <laughs> Does it, does it what CIA is it FBI? Yeah, it was that thing of like the top th- all the security. Yeah, like the top three. Um, Great. The top three. Um, uh, it's probably like CIA. I can cut this in, but CIA, FBI, and I think the NSA. They all have women in charge of them now. So all right, well that's that. You know. Thanks, Cheryl. We all leaned in. It's doing a lot for us down here. Yeah. One of the things that because I'm this is I'm personally curious is. I think some of you might have been uh, might have been at this longer than I have. Can we talk about getting a much more you know slightly or you know <laughs> yeah, let's talk about full on entryism, uh, getting uh, like a, you know a, a mainstream you know well meaning if really naive uh, um, progressive le- progressive leaning uh, event to having much more a bit leftier a bit more socialist you know mm-hmm. how does one actually do that without either tipping one's hand too much or having it backfire or I think that um, one I think that's a really good question I think that one thing that it's essential that leftists not do is abstain from these movements just because they aren't sufficiently radical because one thing that um, not only US history has shown but like history everywhere has shown that like the working class needs to go through the experience of testing the bounds of the system before they're willing to overthrew it to like you know get rid of it entirely and if the left says well you're not you know anti-capitalist you're not willing to you know have a complete overthrow of the system yet so we're gonna sit over here and critique you versus going in there and arguing for ideas in a way that people understand and say you know look like 
you're getting fucked over by the capitalist system, you're getting denied health care, you know, your money is going towards wars abroad and oppressing immigrants, and the, you know, world is dying based on climate change to, like, line the pockets of fossil fuel companies. If you don't go in there and make these arguments and actually point in a direction that can change things through mass, like, grassroots struggle versus voting in more corporate Democrats, um, you know, people aren't going to hear your message, and they're going to keep kind of, like, pushing at this system that won't budge excellent thank you um yeah not again <laughs> i think i'm gonna pause because i know that it would it would someone could someone please do the honor otherwise i'd have to go mm-hmm. oh thank you we can take a quick break if anyone needs to use the restroom really yeah, quick yeah i got it okay thank I, you. But just let me i can do the cats okay good. Out. if you just like point at me when you well, no, I think as long as we just keep it outside, because I think they, they, once in a while they'll they'll trade places, and then um, it's the it's like the the line from uh, from Rum Tum Tugger. I'm always on the wrong side of every door. Uh huh. Cute. Um, you just need a kitty kitty door, kitty flap. I uh, I have. Yeah, but um, then you'd have neighborhood cats in your house. Oh, Good point. Mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing. This is yeah. The, the, the this is not my cat. Yeah. Is this, this is not my cat. Is this how you get a cat? I don't even have a cat. <laughs> I don't have a cat. It's a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I've, look, I've looked at that door, between the door and the brick wall, and just kind of, like, for a long run, I'm like, okay, what exactly would I have to do, and would it violate my lease to put a cat flap in this thing? But, uh, um... Ask oh, forgiveness, yeah. not permission. Yeah. Oh, um... i got some comment. What's up? For your question, when we're sorry. Oh no, uh, so that we can, that we can. Oh, if if you would, uh, if you could, um, getting back to our getting back to our talk on, you know, show, having left this needing to show up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So one historical example of that, one of my favorite revolutionaries, Malcolm X. He, uh, for months and months and months and months, uh, and always every year criticized the Million Man March and Martin Luther King's politics of nonviolence. Uh, but he got on the bus and went to the Million Man March and he, uh, organized, you know, and sold the call, which is the Nation of Islam's newspaper. Um, still, it's still called that. Uh, and, and, you know, so I think that that in and of itself shows that if you're going to be an effective revolutionary, if you're going to be an effective organizer of any kind, you have to participate in things that you may fundamentally disagree with. Uh, and so another thing, I, I'm working on an article for a socialist worker about the fantastic win um, that Sintoya Brown is going to be released from prison on parole it's not justice, but it is a huge win, especially in, I don't need to tell or say this really, in this bleak ass moment uh, with the Trump, with the rapist in chief and Woody Allen still fucking making movies. And for some reason, Harvey Weinstein isn't in prison, um, but people like Sintoya Brown, uh, who was a fucking child and uh, a 43 year old man, uh, picked her up in a sonic burger after she'd run away from her um from her uh uh foster home and she's in prison because she killed this disgusting piece of shit no excuse my language he no rest in peace (laughs) for this scumbag anyway but yeah so I, i don't think that that 
this would not have been possible without the hard work of Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. and the Me Too movements. Um, You know, and and the fact that uh, I saw an article today that R. Kelly's manager has been... um, He's he's being pulled in for questioning on charges related to um, to R. Kelly's disgusting actions as well that I don't even need to get into. Um, So I think that, you know, it, it seems really dark in a lot of ways. And there are um, a lot of especially people who seem to be tricked. You know, they're getting pulled back into the the Democratic Party in in a way that might be really bad for the movements. Um, But at the same time, we see these amazing wins uh, that we couldn't, we wouldn't be here today without that. Um, Without Tarana Burke, without Mm -hmm. Alicia Garza and Opal Tometi and Patrice uh, Cullors, like and, and also the countless uh, unknown queer black women and trans people uh, who've, who've led these movements. Yeah, and I want to uh, make another comment about how to engage with these broader struggles as leftists. And that's part of why we're even doing the hashtag MeToo speak out uh, in March, because people are looking for a way to get organized and we're trying to have a venue that allows people to kind of take control of the event but also gives us a platform to talk about our politics and say you know look you're angry and upset about all of these things and you're obviously willing to get active so here are some concrete ways that you know we as socialists believe that you can plug in by sustained movement building and especially by linking up different struggles you talk about you know camille talked about um black lives matter and hashtag me too these you know, movements are intricately linked in so many different ways. And I think that the more we can connect these movements and say like this, you know, an injury to one is an injury to all and these struggles impact all working and oppressed people, the more that we can really point towards systemic change. And that's kind of what um, we're hoping to do with the Me Too Speak Out. I also think that with um, these types of rallies and speakouts, you know, when I talk to people across our DSA chapter and other activists and organizers in the area about kind of their story and history of radicalization, so often what I hear is, oh, I went to this, you know, Planned Parenthood support rally or, you know, we were standing up against, uh, we were a counter protest against protesters or, you know, a lot of um radicalization comes out of these moments of seeing that your voice matters you uh, and creating that speak out space you know you have that sharing space and on top of that um, seeing the power that people can generate coming together and standing against an oppressor I think that's incredibly powerful and so I really value that from the Me Too speak out to uh, even flawed as it is the Women's March I mean these are incredible opportunities for people who are frustrated they do want to use their voices but they maybe don't know of a constructive way to do so they can come out they can do yeah. so they can feel that power they can uh, hopefully feel inspired by others and um, lay that foundation for uh, potential to join a broader movement so I'm really excited by the opportunity to bring people out into the streets who share our frustrations and then talk to them maybe it's the, it's the mobilizer in me but I really want to talk to people on like an individual one-on-one level um, you know hear their frustrations and let them know the great work that uh, the Democratic Socialist of America Socialist Alternative International Socialist Organization all the things that we're doing locally and help plug them into 
into that work so that they can use that power that hopefully they'll feel in those moments to promote change on like a societal structural level connecting up earlier to talking about wanting to give people a way to contribute beyond just the the traditional ways of either posting but also of just if you're a good person you watch the news and you what vote donate in phone bank and but then and then stay home that's it it's like well here here's if that's not doing anymore anything for you anymore there are um, there are some better ways I would love to give a quick example from the women in Poland. So the other, I think it was last year, the um, the Polish government was trying to pass like this sweeping anti-abortion, um, forced birth kind of legislation, and women in Poland weren't having it. Um, just like a huge percentage of women all dressed in black and went on a general strike to protest the legislation and the government immediately backed off. So, you know, I don't like know that the movement at this point is ready for things like a general strike, but I think if we start building, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't call a general (laughs) strike without building the foundations. But I think that that's the kind of like militant sort of tactic. And when I say militant, I just mean strong and bold and disciplined. Um, I don't mean like in sync. <laughs> well, in, well, but not the band. Anyway, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't um, mean like carrying a gun? Well, maybe. <laughs> um, Depen- I don't mean like dependent on this. I'm not trying to bring to mind the military. <laughs> I'm trying to bring to mind like the strength and numbers. Right, 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 and, right. Um, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of tactic that really like brings the people who profit off of our labor, who so often are you know, white men, but even, you know, like, regardless of their identities, profit off of our labor, profit off of our division, profit off of our oppression, we're, you know, as the working class, we're out there making them money every day. If we say, we're not going to go out and make, you know, continue lining your pockets with profits until you do X, Y, or Z, um, you know, until you meet our demands, then that's where the real power in society comes from. And I think, you know, ultimately, we want to challenge the fact that we're, you know, our labor is used to line the pockets of, you know, rich people um, and capitalists in general. Um, but I think that fighting for these demands right now um, and showing the way that can actually be successful is the best way to, uh, you know, the best first step to get there. Yeah. Um, just to jump in, uh, another really great example that I think a lot of U.S. workers um especially women and, I mean, all survivors in the workplace, uh, male, you know, men survivors are totally erased um, by both men's rights activists and, like, mainstream feminists. So, yeah, a lot of U.S. workers are trying to organize unions in their workplace, including here in Portland. Um, on Monday at the Jobs with Justice meeting, I learned about um, a number of uh, veterinary um, workers who are trying to organize unions here in Portland and Oregon and all, all across the nation, actually. actually. But um, the Imokali tomato pickers in Florida had a huge problem in their workplace with sexual assault and, um, and harassment. And uh, what they did is they wrote into their union contract that there would be actual, you know, consequences for behavior like that uh, in their workplace. And, you know, these are majority Latinx women. 
who who pick these tomatoes. They're the tomatoes uh, that we eat in fast food of all kinds, mainly like McDonald's and Burger King and so on. Um, and they were able to actually stop sexual harassment and assault, which was a huge epidemic in their workplace because of writing it into their contract. And I think that, you know, in combination with um, what Rosemary was talking about, you know, we need to understand as as workers um, of all kinds that that the most power is is in the workplace uh, and and also that there have to be consequences for actions. You know, um, I mentioned before that Woody Allen is still making movies and like that's it's like infuriating, but it's also like that's the world we live in. There's other people who can't even be who aren't even named because um, people are afraid to uh, speak out against them because they have even more power than he does. Yeah, thank you. Can you talk about a couple of the demands uh, that were given? I can, I can talk about a few of them. Um, go I, go yeah, go on and, and and as in depth as you as you like. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, or so revise. one of them that's jumping out at me, considering the current political climate with the um, Trump shutdown of the government over a uh, racist border wall, right? Um, and the deaths of two immigrant children in ICE detention camps. One of our demands is that families belong together and no one is illegal. Um, and we are demanding, uh, no one is illegal on indigenous stolen land. We're demanding an end to deportations, a release of detainees and the abolishment of ICE. So this is a, a demand that really, um, shows we're trying to show the link between, um, the women's movement and the fight for immigrant rights with this demand because um, family detentions or any kind of detentions is a um, women's issue. We have trans women being detained in ICE facilities. Um, and I think a trans uh, detainee actually uh, died in ICE detention as well. So um, that's one uh, after the like, you know, Occupy ICE movements that sprang up all over the country um, this summer is definitely on the public consciousness. We're also, we also have one that is healthcare as a human right for a trans inclusive Medicare for all and free abortion on demand um, because demanding healthcare needs to be part of the broader women's movement. Cause we can't just say, Hey, we demand dignity. We demand yeah. respect. We demand all these things where like, while, you know, the material conditions in our lives are so fucked up. You know, I spent two hours on the phone earlier today trying to get Medicaid. Um, and I still have no idea <laughs> how to actually do it. Um, and, you know, we have so many people uh, without health insurance and, you know, all we got from the system is is Obamacare, where you're still, which was an improvement, but you're still kind of eating the scraps and you're still have these insurance companies profiting off of our suffering. Um, so we know that, you know, to get Medicare for all, we're really like you know, the Democrats aren't boldly taking it up either. It's going to require massive pressure from below, like the amazing uh, die-ins that a lot of disabled activists did um, and, you know, bigger and broader rallies. So I think connecting this to the women's movement is a really important, um, a really important thing. We're also taking up Black Lives Matter, saying um, that there needs to be an end to police brutality and mass incarceration because, um, like... You know, this is um, this is something that you know black women are dying. Um, 
Yeah, so Black Lives Matter also needs to be taken up by a socialist feminist movement because we really need a movement that takes the demands of all oppressed groups as well as working people as a whole and says, like, look, we're, you know, we're fucking done with all of these things. We need to build the biggest united movement that we can to demand, um, you know, a fundamental change in our living conditions. All right. Thank you. Um and once again, what, uh, just to remind our uh, remind the video, viewing audience, when is the event again? Yeah, so the Me Too Speak Out and Women's March, organized by the Socialist Feminist Caucus, is on January nineteenth at ten a.m. Which is a Saturday. Terry Shrunk Plaza. Yes, yes, it is a it is a Saturday. It's across from the Injustice Center in downtown Portland. Um, yeah, come in fuck it up with us but probably march peacefully yeah <laughs> we're can- up metaphorically no, no, bar- <laughs> no barricades probably on the on the 19th is all it's not the vibe yeah, yeah. the this uh, isn't france or they you know, well you know you never know they, they could hire uh what the fuck g4s or whatever the fuck they're called in or Ugh. oh yeah i'm sure they already work in portland yeah oh no they well they were out there during the uh during the um the last speak survivor speak out in mid-november something that was additionally surprising to me when our group found out that it is a ten thousand dollar sponsorship fee to speak there had been some controversy on the facebook event and in public kind of social media about the women's march in that there is um she is to me a voldemort type who shall not be named i will not dignify her name by saying it others can if they would like to but there is a local uh woman right-wing activist who is engaged with the him too movement if oh. not a founding member of oh, him boy. too um and yeah. she is a proud boy girl uh who has been kind of sliding into public comment on the women's march saying that you know she's really looking forward to speaking similarly she jumped in in facebook on our me to speak out and said that she will be there and looks forward to speaking um and something I just was really frustrated about when it comes to the sponsorship situation with the Women's March is they did make a statement. They issued a statement saying that she would not be speaking, but I simply can't help but wonder if she had $10,000 if she would be speaking. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I just, I won't say her name either. Um, I agree with what Shannon just said. Um, I also think that, like, yeah, when you when you make it about money instead of politics from the stage, then it opens up for people like that to, you know, who's to say I I hope that their vetting process would be really great, but who's to say that like, you know, I don't know, there's like a right-wing professor at PSU who wrote a bunch of garbage fake articles and shit and like who's to say that some other um fact quote me on that um doesn't try to slip under the ra- radar by saying that they're an intersectional feminist um and it you know nobody's actually talking to them like what about their politics are and like Shannon said if they had $10,000 would they be speaking from the front and i think that that's like yeah, why it's important to actually like have a democratic organizing process that's based on um, principled politics, you know, not not things that are like inflexible, but but 
at least like a parameter to work with. We can't just like, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but (laughs) I didn't wrap that up. Well, anyway. Yeah. I, to be clear, I'm 100% certain that the organizers of the Women's March would not let this, like, racist oh, piece sure. of shit, yeah, sexist piece of shit so. speak. Um, but, yeah, I think you guys are drawing a really good connection because they would totally let someone who, you know, makes corporate profits off of racism and sexism go up there and speak and pretend like it's in the interest of all women to, you know, just support these, like, women CEOs who are, like benefiting from you know the very you know labor of oppressed women Mm -hmm. um and not any kind of real challenge to the status quo right like just just on that note like there was that um that ceo of a quote-unquote feminist company who was who was like anyway i can't remember what the stupid company was but she denied her workers pregnancy leave and like that's not feminist you know i don't i don't give a shit the fuck you call yourself yep. if you deny your workers pregnancy leave you're not a feminist was that yahoo no it was it was oh i wish i could remember it because it's like it was like a it's a style yeah. hold on i want to look it up yeah yahoo ceo um is a right. woman and did um have apparently, according to a headline, minimal maternity leave. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's really common to like kind of, you know, feminism is a um, word that is becoming, I think, increasingly popular. A lot of, you know, women are looking for that, like, you know, to support feminism. And I think it's kind of the new greenwashing in a way is to say, you know, you're so progressive, you have like, you know, women or, like, you know, other oppressed identity groups in positions of power, but then, like, the people working for you um, are, you know, have it just as bad as the people working under, like, you know, Jeff Bezos or some other, like, Mm -hmm. horrible, uh, horrible boss. It was Nasty Gal. Oh, wow. Oh, that clothing company. Denied um, pregnancy and, and fired pregnant women. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Real perfect. Real feminist, nasty gal. Because we're we are rapidly coming to uh, running out of time. Where can folks go if they would like to know more, either about the particular event or about other things you'd like to share with uh, with those curious. First of all, if you're local or know people who are local, you can look up the uh, Me Too Speak Out and Women's March on Facebook and RSVP and share it because, you know, the more, you know, the more people come, the more powerful this is going to be and the more these kind of socialist feminist messages can get out um, and the more survivors are going to have an opportunity to feel powerful. Um You can also, if you want to just learn more about, um, like, socialist politics and the different platforms that our respective organizations are, um, you know, kind of putting forth, you can go, we, like, I'm with Socialist Alternative, socialistalternative.org is a good place to go. Um, I'll let the other members tell the websites that you can find their organizations on. You can also look up all of them on Facebook, um, because I think... 
getting getting organized, especially in a socialist organization that has a strategy for collective liberation and, you know, really tries to link up different issues to um, in all of our oppression and economic suffering is a really important um is a really important way to this is really the most important kind of political activism you can do in my opinion yeah um i i think too if you um can't, aren't on facebook if you're one of those people i do not blame you um you can also contact uh one of our three organizations directly the um socialist alternative uh like rosemary just said i'm camille again with the international socialist organization um, we usually meet at Portland State University, uh, and Shannon will give, um, contact information for the Portland DSA. Um, but yeah, you can get information about the Socialist Feminist Caucus, um, from any of us, and you don't need to be a member of an organization. This started informally, um, but we're hoping to expand, um, and uh, like we said on the show, we started out just as a contingent for the Women's March, and now it appears we are organizing the Women's March. So, um, yes, please join us and help help organize uh, the Me Too Speak Out and Women's March. Check out uh, more information about the International Socialist Organization at internationalsocialists, with an S on the end, .org, and socialistworker.org. Socialist Worker is the easiest uh, way to find out about us. And of course, come on out for our event, the hashtag Me to Speak Out. Once again, I'm going to just keep plugging this date and time is January 19th at Terry Shrunk Plaza from 10 a.m. until around 1 p.m. when we will march to meet up to uh, fight for reproductive justice rights. Um, if you are interested in learning more about the DSA here in Portland, or if you would like to talk to someone who uh, you're just trying to figure out maybe how to engage on a deeper level, Level. Um, it is my personal mission and vision to help individuals who are wanting to engage in social justice and democracy uh, outside of just showing up and voting, which I feel like is what we're told is our one way to use our voice. And I do not believe that to be true. So if you are looking for a way to give your time, energy, talents, money uh, to causes here on a local grassroots level, I'd love to help you explore what that may be that aligns with your political interests, your passions and your ability to give. Uh, you can reach me at mobilize PDX at gmail.com or if you are a security-minded individual who'd prefer encryption in your life, uh, that is <laughs> mobilizepdx at protonmail.com. So uh, again, that could be a DSA-specific inquiry or if you just want to uh, ideate on ways to get yourself plugged on in, I would love to help you with that. Please reach out. And we'll have all of these in the show notes, of course. Thank you. Any uh, any final uh, final comments or any or I guess contact points or anything or I guess for or anything or I should say or anything else you'd like to promote and or uh, have folks check out. Or? Look out for more from the Socialist Feminist Caucus. Uh, we have plans uh, for more actions and potentially like a organizing conference convergence thingy. We haven't decided what we're going to call the event um, in the spring, uh, that we extend an open invitation to everybody to come join us. Um, yeah. 
I don't. I'm not sure what else to say. Did we already? I know that we talked about it, but we are. Did we already tell people to go to Don't Shoots reclaim MLK? Oh, I was yeah. Okay. Good. Take it away, Shannon. Cool. Um, Yeah. So again, one of the core reasons why we felt very strongly that we should move our Me Too Speak Out and encourage the organizers of the Women's March to move their date was to make way for the very important cause of the Reclaim MLK annual protest for human rights and dignity that is sponsored and hosted by Don't Shoot PDX um, and our local Black Lives Matter contingent. So uh, we are incredibly strong supporters of that event, and we really hope to see every who comes to our Me Too Speak Out also attending this event and we will see you there. So that is going to be uh, Sunday, January 20th from 1 to 5 p.m. And that is meeting in Peninsula Park, I believe. So that's at 700 North Rosa Parks Way, Peninsula Park in Northeast Portland. Yeah. Come on out, make a weekend of it. Um, and then on that note, if folks are busy the morning of January 19th, but you're available uh, in the middle of the day, we're going to be marching to the counter rally for reproductive justice put on by Cascades Abortion Support Collective uh, on January 19th. It's going to be from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. in Pioneer Courthouse Square. Uh, and it is to counter uh, demonstrate against pro-lifers um who call themselves pro oh yeah they call themselves pro-life but they're for birth whatever but yeah please come out to support one uh or both or all three of these events um and get organized excellent i think that's uh <laughs> that's pretty much all we can say all, uh, all i can say is um if this is your first time here in the show uh thanks for tuning in you may also be interested in our earlier episode that uh shannon helped us with on uh, a socialist feminism 101 that we recorded a few months back that was also fun and there will be a link to that in the well it's all on the soundcloud page or whatever so um I guess unless anybody has any final any final words from the uh, the attended group, I don't have anything either. So it'd... thanks, Jeremy. Yep. All power to the Soviets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Workers of the world unite. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to lose but your chains. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, good uh, good night, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And... <laughs> Probably is good enough. All right. <laughs> and we're out. List all the slogans. I love it. Oh, All right, thank you very much. Arise, you prisoners of starvation. Rosemary, you were worried about getting your, your thinking hat on. You did great. Thank you. I studied losing elephants fast. Like, no, you're great. You did a really good job of talking. I don't know what I'm doing either. Uh, give that's the fun thing about uh, about uh, doing this to tape and not like you know broadcasting is that we can you know say whatever shit we want and just cut it together afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> which is um, sometimes will save us half an hour of broadcast time because we just cut out all of our dumb little side conversations about Cedar Point or whatever else. <laughs> um, and that's actually well, actually no, I take that back. The conversation about Cedar Point we had on our DSA episode we included because Cedar Point's the best. Yeah, that's why. The After Dollywood, part, Dollywood, Dollywood's right. the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm from the West Coast.
I don't know what any of you are talking about. That's, My, that's fair. Big old roller coasters. <laughs> Midwest stuff. That sounds cool. The uh, well, well, Dollywood is more. Uh, that's true. That's more mid south and Midwest. Right. My, oh, that's that's Appalachia. Yeah. Pigeon, yeah. Yeah. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. My folks have lived outside of Knoxville for about yeah. 15 years now. They've had gold memberships to Dollywood every year since they've gone, since nice. they've been there. 